Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. Our first question is about brains. It's such a good question, I really found it interesting. It comes from Christopher. Over to Christopher. Hello Molly, my name is Christopher. I like Ninjago, Lego and school. My question is, how can you store so many things in your mind and would you ever run out of space in your head? Bye! Hi Christopher, well thank you for asking that question. Our minds really are quite curious things, aren't they? There's such a mystery to me that I thought I'd better ask an expert for this one. I asked Louise Gooding to help me out because she has just written a great book called Wonderfully Wired Brains, all about the different ways that our brains work. So she knows all about your question. Over to Louise. Hello Christopher, my name is Louise Gooding and I'm the author of Wonderfully Wired Brains and I'm here today to answer your question, how can you store so many things in your mind and would you run out of space? I don't know if you've ever taken a closer look at a brain, but they kind of look like big walnuts. All those folds and wrinkles mean our brain has a larger surface area to use. Inside of that, we have billions and billions of neurons working away, sending messages around your brain. We have as many neurons as stars in the Milky Way inside of our brains. But have you ever heard of the phrase, practice makes perfect? Well, in some ways, it's true. Because the more we do something, the stronger the connections become between those neurons, making it easier for them to pass messages. This is known as neuroplasticity. And it's all about the brain's ability to rewire, reorganize and strengthen those connections. Our brain's ability to form and strengthen these new connections is amazing. Scientists believe that we don't have to worry about running out of brain space in our lifetime. While things like old age or injuries may affect the brain's speed and ability to build these new pathways, our brains are amazing storage units for information. If we want to get very technical, our brains have a storage capacity of up to 2.5 million gigabytes which is pretty, pretty large. Also inside of our brains, we have something known as the limbic system. This structure controls your feelings, memories, and more. And inside this system is something called a hippocampus. There are no actual hippos camping inside your brain, but it's a good way of helping you remember what the word is. This is in charge of your long and short-term memories, and it decides what information is worth keeping and what's so important to store away in that long-term memory bank of yours. But don't ask me why your brain decides sometimes to keep the lyrics of all your favourite songs, but gets rid of those important maths equations you need for next week's exams. Our brains are wonderfully wired, and they work pretty well most of the time. So I hope that answers your question, Christopher, and I hope you enjoy reading Wonderfully Wired Brains. Thanks so much, Louise, for answering that question for me. I really hope the answer helps you, Christopher, and thank you for sending in your question. Now let's move on to another part of our amazing body, to our eyes, with a question from Meadow. Over to Meadow. My name is Meadow and I'm a five and a half year old. 
I like Playmobil and Barbies. My question is, why is the bit round the pupil in your eye coloured? Thank you, Meadow, for this great question. The part of the eye that you're talking about is called the iris. That's the bit that surrounds your pupil, which is the black part. And funnily enough, the reason why it's called the iris is because in ancient Greece, Iris was the goddess of the rainbow. We all have different colour irises, from green to blue to brown, and shades of all these three colours. So our irises are named after the Greek goddess of the rainbow, because our irises come in all sorts of different colours, like a rainbow. But why do they come in different colours? Well, this is all because irises can have different amounts of pigment in them. The two main pigments that make up the colour of your irises are called melanin and lipochrome. We've talked about melanin before because it affects the darkness or lightness of your skin, the amount of melanin you have in it. Melanin is the same pigment that makes people's skin lighter, as I just said, or darker. It is a brown-black pigment and lipochrome is a yellowy-brown pigment. Depending on how much melanin and lipochrome you have in your iris, your eyes will be different colours. Now, all of this, how much pigment is in your iris, is determined by our genes, or our DNA, which is a special code we get from our parents that decides all sorts of things like how tall we are, what colour skin we have, what colour hair we have, what shape our noses and lips are, and all the rest of it, including what colour our eyes are. Now, I bet you're wondering how some people can have blue or grey or green eyes if the only pigments in their eyes are brown and dark brown and yellow. Well... People who have green or blue or grey eyes don't actually have green or blue or grey pigments, but they have less melanin and lipochrome. The light interacts with them in different ways and the light reflected from their irises ends up looking blue or green or grey. The most common eye colour in the world is brown. Around 70 to 80% of the world's population has brown eyes. Next up is blue, about 8 to 10%, and then 5 have hazel eyes, 3 have grey eyes, and only 2% of the world's population have green eyes. Scientists think brown eyes might be the most common eye colour because they're the oldest. Around 10,000 years ago, everyone might have had brown eyes. And then something changed the colour of one person's eyes, and then they had a baby, and then they had a baby, and non-brown eyes began to spread. This must have happened in Northern Europe, because that's where we've got the most amount of people with blue eyes. In the UK, the most common colour is blue. About 48% of British people have blue eyes, while only about 22% have brown. So your irises are coloured because of the amount of pigment in them. I hope that answers your question, Meadow, and thank you for sending it in. Our next question is about another interesting thing our bodies do. And it's still about the eyes. It's about crying. Oh no. And it comes from Ziggy. Over to Ziggy. Hi, I'm Ziggy, and I'm five years old, and I'm from London, and I want to know why tears are salty. Well, why are tears salty, Ziggy? Thanks for asking. It's a funny thing our tears are salty, isn't it? It isn't because our bodies are filled with seawater, and it isn't so that our tears 
taste nice and salty, like salty crisps. The reason why is because our bodies contain salt. The chemical name for salt is sodium chloride, and it's a very important thing for our bodies. It helps our muscles move and sends signals across our brains and bodies. The average adult has about 40 to 50 teaspoons of salt in their bodies. That means our bodily fluids have salt in them, so sweat and blood are salty as well. Another reason why tears are salty is the salt protects your eyes from infections. Not all tears fall from your eyes, but most of them are in your eyes as a layer on top of your eye. The tear helps keep your eyes moist and the salt protects it from bacteria. And the tears that you cry when you feel sad or emotional or hurt yourself or someone's mean to you, they're salty because of all the salt we have in our bodies. I hope that answers your question, Ziggy, and thank you for sending it in. Right, that's it for this week. Wishing you all a very lovely week. A huge thank you to the amazing writer Louise Gooding for helping us understand the mysterious workings of the brain. And a big thank you to Christopher, Meadow and Ziggy for this week's questions. If you have a question you would like answered on everything under the sun, do record yourself as a video or audio saying your name, your age, country and your question and send it in to me at molly at everything under the sun. .co.uk. Check out my website, mollyonfield.com. The first book that I've written called Everything Under the Sun, based on this podcast, is out now. It's filled with all of your questions and illustrated by 12 brilliant artists. I've also written three other books, Wonders of the World's Museums, Natural Wonders of the World, and one for adults, The Secret Museum. So check them out. I hope you're going to love it. Everything Under the Sun is on all good bookshops now or online. I hope you have a wonderful week filled with lots of thinking, seeing and hopefully not much crying. I'll be back next week answering more curious questions from children around the world in another episode of Everything Under the Sun. Thank you and goodbye!